0: And just like that We're back again It's the Don KG Yes sir Running up Your your, 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 your minutes Your data bill All of that Unless you're on Wi-Fi but it's another Saturday Night Wrestling edition coming to you from the sideline juggies themselves. What's up, brother?
1: What's up, man? Time for another trip down uh, Saturday Lane, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And we had two go home shows this week, so we got a lot to get into. Then we got picks coming up. I mean, jeez, I'm just I, as usual. I'm always excited, and I got to see both shows this week.
1: Nice, nice. But before that, uh, I got a message from BJ, and, and he sent an article, and I'm quite sure you saw it too, about um, some conversations on the state of WWE programming and their ratings as of late, which is something you know, that hasn't happened you know, on a regular basis, but it's happened before. I mean, you're going to have your highs and your lows with any TV show. Or uh, uh, televised programming But we figured it would be a good idea to talk about In the beginning of today's program A couple things that the WWE could do To increase ratings immediately Nothing too out the ordinary That they would have to just go and and stretch And and pull out of the stratosphere It would be just a couple easy things that they could do Within their means right now to change the programming and a perception of the direction as we are on the road to WrestleMania and going into the last pay-per-view of 2018 being TLC. So since you uh, did the intro, KG, I'll give you the honors of giving me your three or more things that you have that the WWE could do to, Turn the ship around, so to speak. Even though I don't think it's sinking or anything crazy's going on, but uh, I will put in a caveat that the article that was forwarded to us did have it hinging upon the unfortunate step away of Roman Reigns, and that's the reason why the ratings have plummeted. Which I don't agree with. We'll get into that in a second. But I, KG,
0: floor's yours. I don't agree with that at all. I mean. As much as people been complaining, oh, they're forcing Roman Reigns down our throats, we don't want him as champion. Uh, I don't believe that. But, right, my number one, number one, uh, way to fix Raw replace Baron Corbin as your GM, or I'm sorry, really GM elect, because it's just the simple fact that every week he is putting himself into he's using his power, throwing his fat around putting himself into title matches and this, that, and the other, I'm getting, I'm sort of getting tired of it to be quite honest. Um, that's a big thing for me now, him as a competitor or even him as in, in a, a, uh, the role he was playing for Kurt Angle before would be a little bit better. That way it could cut down on him jumping into matches that he shouldn't be in, that he has not earned a way to be in. That's a big thing for me. Um, no, no, number two for me Let the ladies shine more I mean they, they do it now Don't get me wrong Raw does a great job Of showcasing the ladies That they have But Some of the The main events on Raw Are so Anticlimactic it, it, It's not even funny uh, I would love to see The ladies Close out the show Because it's like I'm more excited To see them wrestle Whether it's Nia Jax or not But I mean I'm just saying but <laughs> I, I, I want to see the ladies close out the show because they're putting on every week, they're getting better and better and better. And their matches are telling better stories. And the, the feuds are greater, especially this whole uh, Natalia and Ride Squad thing. I'm, I'm loving the way that is. That's old school psychological tricks. I, I love the way that is. And uh, they're outshining the men right now. So give them that shine and let them close out the show. And have me waiting for the next Raw because, you know, somebody just did a run in, in the main event and all hell broke loose. Uh, The third thing that I have, and it's really, really big for me. Cut the promos. Cut the time limit of the promos in the very beginning of Raw shorter. The first half an hour, 45 minutes should not be a promo, talking and, 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 you know, setting up the match for later on in the night. It doesn't take that long. It didn't never take that long. And I remember – now, don't get me wrong. That's the way Raw and SmackDown has always started. But cut it a little shorter because a lot of people lose interest right then and there. They're like, you know what? Okay, it's Monday night. They're doing all this talking. I'm going to go watch football. Then they forget wrestling is on. But those are my three
1: okay okay now I, I can uh, agree with two out of three the one I don't agree with is going to be interesting for you because I actually like what they're doing with Baron Corbin I think this is a better role or a better direction it's just we need to see the payoff and I don't know if the, the Braun Strowman return uh, spoiler alert um <laughs> is going to be the bigger payoff at the end of what's going on because we know how it is sports entertainment. It's been around for a long while. So all we're seeing is the stone cold versus McMahon, the Daniel Bryan versus the authority, you know, that, that mold being restructured, you're just inserting Baron Corbin and inserting Seth Rollins, um, Finn Balor and, and you know different superstars in and out of it. But Baron is a constant. So I actually like the way he is coming across. He's kind of gotten into that role and he's become a lot more comfortable in his promos and, and his mic time. And that was something that he was lacking in reference to confidence that you can tell before he had this new televised position. So I think as long as the payoff is good, And when they do their clip down or their their sizzle reel before his match at TLC or whatever it may be, then they can make it look hype and and eventful and like, oh, man, that's pretty crazy. Because, you know, that's normally what their bread and butter is, is making sure that those um, opening segments that, that, that highlight exactly what's going on right before the match are, you know, a good summary of what's going on. I agree about the ladies. We talked about that many times. And then the promo thing, it's one foot in, one foot out. Sometimes you need the promos if they're good consistently and you have more. So we should have known hot button topic is (laughs) that somebody in a production truck is ready to push the hot button and try to stop us from saying what we need to say. But um, where I left off at was uh, the, the opening segment thing. Uh, I, I do agree with that. We just need to have better segments and and more exciting or or better better feel. Um, SmackDown this week started the show off with a big match, big fight feel, with a a great recap that almost seemed like you were watching the pay per view before it happened. And I was like, oh, man, you know, all I was missing was Michael Buffer at the end or something happening that was that was really awesome to throw the Miz in there. And I, I was hooked, you know, like the first 30 seconds. Like, oh, man, this is great. I love this direction that they're going with SmackDown. Don't need to do it every week because then it will get old. Mm-hmm. But just to, to insert different things in there and then, you know, to open with uh, – Daniel Bryan coming down and and he had his new Daniel bryan this swagger about him and, and how he approached it, it flowed into it and made sense. So it kept the suspense and the build. Whereas on a, the raw side of things, I believe we opened with Seth Rollins and it took a moment to really get it in there. There's a good on the mic, but he's better if he is going against somebody that leads it off. You know, it's kind of like... Having um, The Rock and Chris Jericho Where The Rock is going to lead it off And then Chris Jericho is going to come in And then they're just going to go back and forth One up and each other So I agree with that One foot in one foot out Okay But I, I still like that
0: And speaking of Seth Rollins real quick Did you see the t-shirt he had on Oh yeah And most oh, yeah. people if you didn't get it sf I love it. I'm sorry, S F and R. I like it. Right. I like it. Oh, tis the season for uh, new T shirts.
1: <laughs> tis the season.
0: And uh but I
1: go ahead, we gonna say nah
0: Becky Lynch still hasn't reached out to the Don about his idea for her new shirt. Uh we're still waiting to hear from you, Becky. Uh hashtag give Don a chance. Come on now. That's <laughs> She just on Twitter uh
1: said a whole nother T shirt. Idea When she was clapbacking, for lack of a better term, on uh, Corey Graves, she said uh, to sum it up, he was talking about how, you know, this random things and and how she's doing this whole man thing and he's not in the the full agreeance. But to summarize the last statement in her tweet, she said, um, oh, goodness, sorry, Did did I lose my page? Oh, I'm here to make history and you're here to observe me do it. That's some that's some real G stuff right there from Becky. Mm. Real G stuff. I'm here to make history. You're here to observe me do it. She even uh, chimed in and, and uh, acquainted him to a Bobby Heenan-esque role for color commentary. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So Becky's coming off hot still. But Here's my couple things. I actually had uh, five because I couldn't stop at three because I felt like there was just a couple little more tweaks that I think that they can squeeze out and hopefully the powers that be don't hit the button. But the first one, I've talked about it many times, I'm still uh, a fan of this, is reviving kayfabe. And what I mean by that and the new culture because unfortunately, with social media and everything going on, it's kind of hard to, you know, keep the, the heels and the faces separated when they're also having video game battles on up up down down, or they're doing uh, philanthropic work and and stuff like that, and and Special Olympics and Conners Cures and and be a star. When you have all these components going on, and you can't have like the good guys on one side, bad guys on the other really anymore Uh, we've kind of removed ourselves from that 80s feel what they can continue to do is what's happening on twitter in my opinion becky lynch has really been spearheading this with all of her tweets once she really started coining herself as the man quote unquote versus ronda rousey or pretty much everybody now she's just going ham on everybody even naomi has been beefing Allegedly, uh, quote unquote, you can see the air quotes in your oh. brains there with Mandy Rose and, and things like that, where you it seems like there's some real tension going on through social media. So kayfabe is being infused into that. and it, It's it's keeping it alive and it would keep people talking like it used to be at the, the water cooler or the coffee station or lunch or wherever you may be doing at work. It's having that same feel that it is, we know wrestling, sports entertainment is just that entertainment, but it's also physical. But at the same time, we want to bring back the opportunity of the conversation that, hey, you know what? This is hardcore. I can't believe what's going on. Did you hear this? Did you see that? And you have one side of the room is Pro Becky, one side of the room is Pro Rhonda, And it's just the, the, the thrill and the fun of enjoying the entertainment. Even though you know what it is, but at the same time, it's just something about that feel that, man, I don't know, that, that didn't seem like, you know, they were just beefing and oh, okay, they're gonna go hug it out, go grab something to drink after they watch or film Total Divas. It seemed like they really got beef. And that's the the the, the gray line feel of two thousand 19 because i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit and beyond on where we could go for kayfabe is utilizing social media in a way that it protects kayfabe and it protects the the storylines instead of you kind of jumping in and saying yes it's hardcore but they're both going to be at the be a star rally and then they're doing stuff together and everything's cool with them and then on monday oh my god we're beating each other down you can't have it that way you got to have a little bit of something in the middle to continue to connect the heel versus face the good guy versus bad guy so reviving and kayfabe um, making it more of an art form again think about it you know for a good throwback remember when you were watching Nitro the first Nitro and Lex comes out and you're like didn't I just see him on that WWE show And how is he on Nitro when they're in two different towns? (laughs) That that is Mm -hmm. not possible. And you're trying to put two and two together, not even thinking that WWE is taped. So it's already been filmed a week prior and Nitro is live. Thank you, Eric Bischoff. So, you know, having that, that, that surprise that, you know, the Hardys come back. You hear the rumors, you're like, oh, it'd be nice, but who knows? You never know what's happening. And then the Hardys come back and you have that big explosion or Goldberg comes down or Batista is in the rumble. And, you know, those type of things that you don't expect. It just happens, which we're getting into where Rumble time when they should be booking and setting up all of these happenings with hopefully no leaks on what's supposed to be happening so we can experience it organically as those folks come out. Without anybody in the, the corporate offices or wherever kind of saying, oh, man, yeah, we just saw. No, we don't need all of that stuff. Let's just let it be. So reviving and protecting kayfabe was my number one. My number two is pretty much the same feel that you had for number two. But I had the women's tag titles need to come to fruition. Tie that in with like we've talked about before, before the lower tier title, or AKA TV twenty four seven whatever type of championship, and then bringing back the transitional titles like we've also talked about, being the TV title is the number one contender or the TV championship. Or champion is the number one contender for the IC or US title and then the US or IC title is the number one contender for the world or universal championship depending on what shows happen and all this stuff upcoming when they start doing a draft so having that in there to give more people the opportunity to have the belts like we've talked about in the past few shows is uber important so that was number two number three is infusing new blood, new stories, and removing the three to four week rematches for storyline purposes with no overall build. The Sheamus and Cesaro thing with the lead-in to them becoming a tag team and then being very successful and becoming a bar, exception to the rule. The glorious team of uh The Glorious One and Chad Gable fighting the Ascension for eight weeks. And what are we showing for it? There's no title changing hands. There's no title contention. There's no TLC match. There's no strap match or, or anything like that. So I don't know what rude and Gable really got out of that, nor do I know what the Ascension really got out of that for us seeing it three to four weeks in a row. Of just rematches and then the same finish of Chad Gable muscling in a belly to back. What are you filling for what reason? If you're going to fill it, at least I'd rather have a, a couple more talking promos opposed to that because I'm not getting anything out of it. And it's not building the superstars, truthfully, if they don't have time to tell a great story and build the story week over week. We need to have those unexpected times when The Shield came out or Hogan turned to the black and white or Nexus came out or recently Daniel Bryan's heel turn. Same thing with Shinsuke's heel turn. Those type of things. Shane McMahon popping in and becoming best in the world. Those are the, the new insurgences of unexpected that will go into. So somebody's got to get Scott Hall and Kevin Ash out the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty soon it'll be Randy Orton hitting the button next. But uh, like I said, New Blood has to be mixed in. And uh, if you're going to do three to four week stretches of the same people wrestling on live televised. Now, dark matches, I'm down with live events i'm down with got it that's how you set up that's how you perfect the match that's how you get things prepared i'm cool with that no issues there but televised i should not be seeing the same two people the same four people six people whatever even if you're intertwining and it could be setting up the tag match and you have the one versus one this week and the one v one that week i mean depending on the stipulations i can be okay with that but if it's the same setup the same tag match For four weeks in a row and the payoff is not there, what are you doing with the viewer's time? You're not building the the superstar. You're not building a storyline. You're creating a lunch break. Let me go to the bathroom. Let me go put some clothes in there. Let me fast forward if it's DVR. All those opportunities opposed to let me watch this show from pillar to post. And where that new blood thing is going to come into play is as you're bringing people up, you're having these new opportunities where you have an unexpected moment where Zach Ryder comes in and wins the intercontinental championship, or he Slater wins a match and brings back Rhino. And then they form the new job squad or just, you know, anything that, that would just be unexpected and fresh. You're going to have different tag teams, Um, that would never have been put together before. I'm still a a fan of spin the wheel, make the deal, the Lethal Lottery, all that stuff. you can just have randomized things in a round-robin tournament that way, and that's how you can build some new tag teams or some new flavor. But just changing up the mixture of what's being put together and who's wrestling who, when they're wrestling it. I like the fact on SmackDown recently, this past week, that you had the heavyweight championship Being defended even though like Mustafa Ali Great match But I was like why Mustafa Ali Opposed to somebody that's on the main roster To come in and face Daniel Bryan As the tune up leading into TLC But we had a championship match And that started off the show in essence The things on Raw Is going to be amazing Before Raw becomes the B show Rating wise for real So that's Number three My fourth one, hopefully, there's no buttons getting ready. I know they're hovering over it. Two new shows on the network. No reason why it can't be done because, A, it's a streaming network, so you don't have to worry about it. You control all the content and when it's airing. So two shows on the network. We've talked about the first show for three or four weeks. One of them is women's only show. Period has to happen. The second one is a throwback. It could be, you know, like the WCW Saturday Night feel or uh, Saturday Night Heat, whatever it may be that you want to bring back to life. But you need to have a second show to build upon the secondary title that. TV Championship, U.S. Championship, Hardcore Championship, Intercontinental Championship, Title Defenses, that's where those titles will have a higher precedent. So when you go to Raw and you go to SmackDown, there's a bigger story. You can build smaller stories on this other network show. And then when they come over, you can reference it and it can build it. And then you'll have a higher payoff on the major show because you've done all the leg work in the other one. You can film it wherever you want. You can just do a couple extra matches. I know you're doing dark matches before Raw and SmackDown. It's the way things are done. So why not infuse that into that just like it was before, you know, that um, we had to cut in for well, it was a Sunday Night Heat um, was the last time that I recall them doing that where you had to cut in showing what's going on and you know next thing you know boom there's a match or they used to do the cut-in and I I can't recall if they're still doing USA Network or not but you'll have to cut in to show the live audience and just before that you would have had a a hype match to get them pumped and riled up so when you do that 10 minute prior cut-in the fans are all going crazy you're looking forward to it you're trying to be seen on camera and everybody's just up Creating some noise, and then you got the countdown after that that leads into the opening video for the WWE programming, and then everybody just boom, 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 pyro, and everything's going off, and you're at Raw or you're at SmackDown. We need that again, and that's when they can film all that stuff. But to have two shows, one for the women, one to build the other titles, I think it's important to. Help give everybody a chance, cause these folks, as we talked about as well on NXT two oh five live, have to come up. And then the last thing is really, really, really simple. If you watch the Mix Max challenge over the this past season, the amount of just fun and enjoyment from the the dance battles with the Miz doing whatever, who knows what he was doing, um, and and Asuka, and and all these other things, and the woo-offs, and the walk-offs, and, and all the craziness that's been happening in a mixed-match challenge, that fun and excitement needs to be on the main show as well and have it bleed over. So it shouldn't be, and I don't even really consider it violating kayfabe at all, it's just taking advantage. If you've got the truth and Carmella and they're about to do a dance break. Why not have the heel try something and then fail at it. And then that's how the match starts. You know, just do those type of things more often and having more random fun. The rap battle this week on SmackDown was cool. From the Seamus and Cesaro perspective With Ice Ice Shamey <laughs> <laughs> That was That was That uh. was some, some Interesting television And I applaud Seamus and Cesaro For Going with that Now the Usos on the other hand Did their normal I wish it was not a long distraction. Considering that we had Ice Ice Shamey, I would have rather the Usos have done "Can't Touch This" or something like that, and really put a little theme on it, you know. So right. if go throwback, and then the New Day could have at that moment jumped in, like, "Wait a minute, we're going from Vanilla Ice to MC Hammer. We're going to go ahead and do some whatever, you know." And then that could have become something, and then that's how the brawl was started. So still a good segment because it was unexpected. I watched it on Twitter, then I turned it around and watched it again because it was just hilarious both times. But that random fun, which SmackDown is doing a great job, so I need to find out exactly who's really in charge and driving the boat of SmackDown and then send them to Raw. (laughs) 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 And, And bring that together. So that was my five things that I think uh, the WWE can do. Like I said, now leading up to WrestleMania to write this ship. And none of it revolves around Roman Reigns. No offense to Roman Reigns, but none of it revolves around one single superstar, because we also talked about this before. There is nobody on current WWE programming across all of it. That is on the same monarchy level as The Rock as the Stone Cold we'll put Undertaker in there I know, like, what do you mean you put Undertaker in there but, you know, The Rock and Stone Cold Triple H, Shawn Michaels have always been those mouthpieces that talked so much Taker didn't talk as much he only talked when he needed to and then threw Rest in Peace in and then he did the fight same thing with Kane, so I kind of separate him a little bit, but you could throw him in there There's nobody on that level and then you got John Cena gone so the only person that could be at that level or close is gone doing his own thing. So there's nobody that is that close that can drive the ship to be on the level of well if they're not on there, viewership is going to drop down. Because they didn't find a niche for what Roman Reigns needs to be. Roman is still discovering what Roman Reigns needs to be. Dean Ambrose is discovering the Dean Ambrose which is cool. I'm liking the direction, the Bane feel, uh, the the Stone Cold Steve Austin feel of Dean Ambrose right now, but Seth is not there. He's he's not the one. They tried Finn Balor's not the one. Daniel Bryan is a heel. He can't be the face of the company and be the heel because he's doing too great as a heel. Huh. The next people, believe it or not, Becky is pretty darn close to getting in that direction. She's got the heat, but then she's also a heel, so you got to still balance that out. Same thing with Charlotte. So uh, you got those two women that have that the potential, but there's nobody that is just, as they used to say, the guy that you knew. He's just going to be there, and that they're, they're going to be that one that everybody's going to come see. They have to see that number one experience you wanted to know what stone cold was going to do every week to Vince McMahon you wanted to know what DX was going to do to push the envelope you wanted to know what the rock was going to say and who he was going to diss you wanted to see what version of Mick Foley was coming out you wanted to know back then who the hell Brock Lesnar was going to destroy you wanted to know if the Dutleys were going to put another woman through the table that was really old, like Mae Young, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you wanted to know how little Trish was going to be wearing at some point. That's those things that you wanted to see. And then even if you take it back another generation, you wanted to see Hulk mania. You wanted to see Roddy Roddy Piper and whose face he was going to get into. You wanted to, even though he was afraid of the snake, you wanted to see Damien and, and to be tossed. Even though it stunk, you wanted to smell arrogance when you went into the arena. You wanted to see the purple and hope you get the the uh, the heart glasses on your face if you were right there at ringside. You wanted to experience those things. Even on WCW, you wanted to hear the hoof marching or running. And then uh, the four horsemen come down and be in the, the presence of the four horsemen to hear uh, a Ric Flair promo. You wanted to go crazy when Dusty Rhodes would cut his promo over there on the back right corner of um, the entranceway where they would normally do the interviews. You wanted to see me, Gene at that moment. You wanted to chant Larry until you saw him do the L for Larry Land, for Larry Abisco, that is. You wanted to see those things. Now, what the heck do you want to see on Raw and SmackDown? NXT? You, got the, you have that because it's that smaller house show feel. So you get the Alistair Black entrance. You get the Johnny Gargano when he was a face. Everybody just wanted to go ahead and, and go crazy when he came out. Velveteen has finally built up his, his thing. And, and you have those experiences on NXT side. But it's just the, the, the big box shows, for lack of a better term. We got to find that must-see entity. Raw and SmackDown and then that one person that is going to as Vince would say grab the brass ring that's going to show the ruthless aggression and then be the face that runs the place and I know what you're saying what about AJ Styles AJ Styles is in his own stratosphere (laughs) (laughs) AJ Styles has the potential to do what he wants is just, well, they let him be what he wants to be. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but AJ, especially if you watch his 365, which is great to see a little bit of the Phenomenal One, good job on pulling in some of his um, old TNA stuff, his New Japan stuff, actually saying Bullet Club. Thank you, Michael Rapperport, for saying it with gusto. But AJ Styles is in his own stratosphere, and he could go, in that direction, if they let AJ be the face that runs the place <clears throat> on both brands instead of the house that AJ Styles built being SmackDown only.
0: Hmm. Dang uh,
1: it. Like, no buttons on that. What the heck is going on? I know I to like eight lines of territory there. Mr. McMahon, Mr. McMahon and my boo, Mrs. McMahon, LeVec. <laughs> but uh, that was my five with a nice little drive of the what the hell y'all need to do right now type of thing that's your first tangent of the night
0: and the the to <laughs> go go back to your five reviving kayfabe yep. absolutely love it I, I, I'm going to say that right now uh, the whole um Jeez. Naomi and uh Mandy Rose. I caught wind of that online first. And I've been trying to figure out for the life of me, hey, is this real or is this fake? hmm And I don't know because the lines have been blurred so so well. And, you know, the uh Naomi posted a picture. She said, you know, what is my face saying? And I was like, oh God, that's the face of, you know, that, that I know what that face mean. That that's that ugh, get away from me face. So I, I I know what that face is. Um, women's tag titles, yes, more women's titles. Period, yes, yes, yes. Um, with the new blood and the new stories, those your top three are so spot on, and I, I'm just like I'm in love with the new blood, and new story. That's my favorite one out of all of them. And uh, Mustafa Ali, seeing him come on SmackDown and battle with. Your SmackDown champion Daniel Bryan was pretty damn good, and he reminds me of Evan Bourne, but with more control and less injuries. Mm. So I, I, I like Mustafa Ali, and I, I think that right there just showed you what you you're going to get a taste of once he comes over to the main roster from 205 Live. But why couldn't they
1: give Ali the full-on treatment? I felt like they, they cheated him, and that's what I didn't like about that, that moment. He didn't have his sub-zero-ness on. Right. <laughs> Even though we knew it was a match, because they talked about it. Daniel Bryan comes out in ring gear. I mean, Mustafa comes out with the microphone like, well, we know this is about to be leading to the match, but why not have his entrance why not let it be the 205 live champion if that, if, for, for that matter? That way it's, it's, it's that even bigger fight feel, champion versus champion, Because Daniel Bryan is still pushing his heelness, whereas Buddy Murphy is a little bit more established as the heel. So why not have that? or you know, give, or we could just give Mustafa the full thing. Let him come out and do his entrance. And then he pulls a microphone out. And then walks down. Now, what Daniel Bryan did, saying, hey, I know who you are. Come on in. Come on in, buddy. You know, that that was pretty awesome. Because you see the down-to-earthness of Daniel Bryan. And then it it reels you in and makes you want to be like, well, maybe he still is Daniel Bryan in there. Because that's not what a normal heel would do, to invite the person in there and give them kudos and make them feel good. But then, at the same time, once he's got you baited on the hook... What kind of car do you drive? SUV? Like, oh, there it is. (laughs) And then it just went straight into it. And then you had the heel, new Daniel Bryan, come in. But, I I mean, I like the match. Like I said, the match was great. It was one of the highlights of the night. But I felt like they cheated Ali a little bit. They could have given it more or given us
0: uh, a champion versus champion opportunity. I felt SmackDown as a whole was... A absolutely great show. Mm-hmm. I, I, I loved it, and especially that Mustafa Ali, Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Bryan broke out a little old-school move, the Tree of Woe. If you don't know what that is, it's an old-mankind move, hang you upside down from the turnbuckle, stomp the hell out of you. Actually, go before that.
1: Where do you think he got it from? That was a Kevin Sullivan special right there. <laughs> That's where you <laughs> need to watch the Tree of Woe, because that was some devious... I thought this guy was really destroying this poor guy up, caught up in the top ropes type of moment. It's like, oh my god, Trio, whoa, no, Kevin, no, don't destroy this man with these weird weapons that you're just going to be pulling out from underneath the ring like screwdrivers and all other interesting things. That was not at ECW, this was in WCW.
0: And the funny part about it, now you said that I've been given a uh, uh... Mankind, Mick Foley, whoever you want to call I've been giving him credit for the Tree of Woe for years, now you didn't you Threw something else on I didn't know that
1: Yeah man, go ahead and Watch it, Kevin Sullivan Been some uh, epic Opportunities, and if you want to talk Epic opportunities, let's Talk about Kevin Sullivan Going one-on-one With the character Chris Benoit Great American Bash In Baltimore False count anywhere. Them fools ended up in the bathroom. you Have ever been to the Baltimore Arena and was in the bathroom? You're like, I can't even believe they even took the match in there. Let alone did not bleach themselves
0: when they came out. My <laughs> 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 <By> God. My <laughs> uh, <laughs> God. I'm I'm sure they had they had that bathroom clean spotless before that. I hope so, man. Because yeah. They were on some urinal
1: toilet action. (laughs) Like, man, this is disturbing. Oh, I hope nobody pissed in there before (laughs) y'all. went. This is not the place on Baltimore Street for y'all to be having those type of matches. Mm. But it was arguably one of the best matches of all time from a brutality standpoint. And guess what? It's on the WWE Network, I would like to believe. Were you in the house for that one? It, yes, yes, I was. Okay, you were not. paid out, my though. money. Oh yes, Section One Twelve.
0: Paid, paid my money for that one. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you want to jump into next. You want to jump into quick recap of Raw and SmackDown real quick before we jump into our TLC because that's where that's where it, it, it's all going to be. You know, tables, ladders, chairs. Oh my! Less than twenty-four hours away. And that's what you're excited about. I was more excited about me properly picking the
1: right winners of a tables, of a ladder, and a chair match. So much so that you feel like you have just been in a
0: tables, ladders, and chair match. That's what I was excited about. But that's, you know, that's just me. I must warn you. I am on fire when it comes to picks right now. You have one win. Hold on, I'm, uh, it, it, this is across the board This is not just our Saturday night wrestling show Across the board I was the only one to pick the Thursday night game right I picked tonight's uh, Browns and Broncos game Spot on 17-16 Pick that correctly Come on, bring it on I'm, I'm, I'm on a streak right now
1: I'm glad you are on a streak But I was watching it earlier And Lord knows every time the water boy comes on I have to stop And I don't know if it's just me, but I heard loud and clear that mama said football is the devil. (laughs) So you go ahead and keep picking that foosball. When we talk about this wrestling over here, I'm going to win. Okay. You win. Keep picking them, though, because I know you're you're really driving uh, the rest of the junkies crazy. With you um, making these spot-on picks Just like Pete Rose
0: um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get you a Captain Insano uh, Action figure Once oh, I win it do. all
1: Please do I need my Captain Insano <laughs> but, Speaking of Insano We opened Raw as we talked about The go-home show from San Diego With Seth Rollins coming down Doing, I call it a quote-unquote shoot Promo that um, Had him really talking about And I thought it was interesting. One thing WWE is always good at is taking some of its hardships or some of its tribulations and trials and throwing it into the storyline. So they were saying that Baron Corbin, quote unquote, is the reason why viewership has been lacking as of late in reference to the ratings. So, you know, he also threw out there the fact, which is not on Baron Corbin at all, the fact that Brock Lesnar hasn't, had a match on Raw for 16 years, since 2002. So that's not on Corbin, but at the same time, he was illustrating the fact that we have, can't really call him a paper champion, because when Brock shows up, he's going to destroy somebody. But it's still the long gaps, as we talked about, in between seeing Lesnar. And if we don't hurry up and have this daggone UFC match so he can get both belts and put a the payoff of this whole longevity. It's going to be crazy. Oh, oh. Um, I agree with that. Seth also segued into the TLC match and, and him going up against Dean Ambrose, the, the normal. So it is what it was, you know, just an opening segment to hype in. Could have been a little bit more. Like I said, I like what they have and what they're doing with Baron Corbin. Just want to see the strong payoff. And I don't think Spoiler alert for the second time. Braun coming back and then actually having a match and beating Baron Corbin. Oops. Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> well, You already um, know how that's going to go down. Yeah.
1: It's not like we're really spoiling it. I mean, it's obvious. It would have to be like some real swervitude for this match to end up being that way. This would be have to be on the level of the, the, the finger of doom from Hogan to Kevin Nash type of thing. Which would be great if they did that and uh, Braun came out and Corbin touched him and he dropped. (laughs) That would be phenomenal. It would piss everybody off. Which would tie into my earlier point of the randomness of things happening. (laughs) Number three. (laughs) So, (laughs) we had, once again, filler match. Once again, unfortunately, the filler match people is Chad Gable and Bobby Roode going up against AOP, which the payoff this time was Bobby Roode and Chad Gable actually won the match, even though they rolled up Drake Maverick, who looks smaller than Leo Rush against yeah. uh, the AOP. And Leo did look like he was 11. When he was having his match with Elias, I'm like, oh, my God, is Elias seven foot five or what? Because, Leo, you should not be in that match. I felt like I should be calling the police and reporting uh, a crime. I just saw somebody just get beat down. I don't know why he did that to that little boy, but you should go to jail.
0: You know what? (laughs) I only got one thing to say about that match, that opening match that was supposed to be a handicap match. Mm hmm glorious. I was happy to see Bobby Roode and uh, Chad Gable win those titles. I'm sorry. I really don't care for the AOP too much. Really? I they, like AOP. I like them, but I, I mean, I'm not like really, really high on the way I'm high on uh, the bar. Uh, of course, Roode and Gable. Um, the New Day, the Usos, not high on them like that. Because they kind of look like a, a knockoff road warriors. Like, they, they come in and they got the rough style, but yeah. But they have
1: Paul Ellering, so it was kind of like a, a transitional blessing because we will never have LOD ever again, but I sure. think, again, new blood, new storyline, I would have put AOP, or I would put AOP with Dean Ambrose. What would be the biggest thing for Dean to do to go up against the Shield? Because notice in his interview that he had He doesn't really talk bad about Roman. He just says, who cares about what Roman would think, which is is, is indifferent. But what if Seth Rollins had his own shield? Mm. And what if Dean Ambrose had his own shield? And I'm not talking about splitting it and having blue W.O., red and white, black and white, but really take it down to the the level of what happened on TNA with the Latin American American Exchange where you almost had like internal gang warfare going on because you had two sects going at each other for dominance of who's in control of the group. Taking it back to just the core of that and that's how Dean could really stick it to Seth and say, you know what, I got my own shield. And we go and do what we want to do based off of our mutual agreements. not an architect telling me what to do, not Roman wanting to be the big dog. It's we're hungry and we want to get things done. And we do things shield like fast forward a little bit of time, knock on wood, hopefully some good blessings. Roman reigns would have come back. And then you have the shield Maybe they could slot in one extra person, and then that would be the big payoff. Would be Survivor Series next year, with the Shield versus the Shield. That Mm. would be
0: insane. I I like that. I really do. And then you saying or games? Yeah. Mm. You saying AOP teaming with uh, Dean? Yep. As the news, sh- oh my goodness.
1: Then Dean comes out in his Bane jacket and his gas mask. AOP have their face masks on and they're already in riot gear. Just think Dro- about that, man.
0: Drop Drake Maverick. That's the only thing I suggest.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drake would have to get the, uh, the dirty deeds. And it would be just so sick. Dean would come down, they would be in a, 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 a six man tag. And then Drake would come in, he'd be celebrating dirty deeds. And then he would get the the I don't even know if you could super collide with Drake. You just had to bump him off the turnbuckle or something. And then just put him down there. and he's like, What the hell's going on? And they just all stomp him and Dee's like, let's go. And they just walk out the crowd.
0: Kinda sort of kinda sort of how Terry Reynolds uh took over uh the Hardy Boys from Gangrel after that match. because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Gangrel was leading them as the new brood, and then all of a sudden Terry took over, and Wiz Gangrel. Gangrel had to go start a whole, a whole yep. new faction, <laughs> and never was the same since. And nope.
1: I was, I was heartbroken with that because I was still to this day, I love the CD. I love the entrance that carried me through several WWE N64 games. <laughs> Nothing like that brute entrance. Oh that was goodness. the second best entrance of all time, behind Chris Jericho.
0: Personally the the the, y, the the Y2J Y2J oh, oh my yes. goodness oh yes funny story about that you remember I'm sure WWE the music volume 4 I oh, still have it I still got I got it on my phone now you know the first track is break the walls down it's the original break yeah. the walls down so but it's no countdown and i remember the first time i popped it in i'm like why is this thing not playing and then it just it's, it's so loud because you're trying to get it to turn up. And it's so loud. I let I let BJ borrow it. And he was in the car. He was like, it won't play. He had turned the radio all the way up in the car. No he said God. he thought he, he thought he thought he blew the speakers out. That oh I tried goodness. to blow the speakers out.
1: Trust me. That was on repeat. And uh, even funnier story. For many years, Chris Jericho would say, you know, I don't even know what the hell they're saying. (laughs) Chris, I know what they're saying. (laughs) (laughs) And if I'm walking somewhere to this day and I go ahead and play it on my phone X, uh, you're welcome, Apple. Give me some credit. Um, I will be still singing word for word exactly what they're saying. Love it. Code Rain. the whole thing was intense. And the lead up to that was amazing because you didn't know what Y2J. Yeah, man, the world's coming to an end. We don't know what's going on. And then before the end of the world, that never happened. You have that come down. And then you're like, what is it? Who is it? And then you think, it'd be cool if it was Chris Jericho. Oh, my God. To me, in my opinion, The Rock was second to that entrance. Who the hell are you was still great. It doesn't matter what your name was, is is still great, but that entrance set the tone for Jericho's career all the way through now,
0: period, in my opinion. And I, I always will remember, as far as Jericho goes, the matches that he had when he first came over, and he was on SmackDown, his first match that he actually wrestled. Was against the road dog Jesse James, and he gave mm-hmm. him the double power bomb through a table. Then put him in the true walls of Jericho, not the lion tamer, the walls of Jericho. And that right there, then the feud with uh, Ken Shamrock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my.
0: Bringing Howard Finkel in it. Yeah, El Dopo. Mm. When he made Howard Finkel dress up as a Mexican wrestler, he's a legend, yep. El Dopo. And Fink would do anything. Fink was a jericho holic Yep. Oh, man. I don't know. See, those the days. Good
1: times. You can discover a lot of that in the Chris Jericho collection, which is also on the WWE Network for what? Just nine ninety nine 99 a month. Hey, yes. the first month's still free. I can do that too. And if you do it now, you will get TLC within your first 30 days. Give John a chance. <laughs> There it is. Oh gosh. Let me stop. I get you all hyped the next thing you know. <laughs> I'm in a commercial talking about IcoPro. You got to want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, speaking of interesting moments, the only filler I think on the female side of things is still, and I know you liked it, but the, the Natty and Riot Squad thing. I don't know. I'm 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 feeling more from Natty. I want more from that. I want her to be more ruthless, (laughs) aggression. I want to see that because she's still, she's like Ronda Rousey in reference to being able to turn that switch and be heel. I guess for lack of a better term. You know, I want to see that come out, so that way we can see. I don't want to see the crying anymore. I don't want to see the oh my god, my daddy sunglasses. No, I want to see I'm beating your behind, keeping it PG. Okay. Um, and that's what we start leading into. That should have been uh, a face to face. Ruby Riot, Natty should have beat the hell out of Liv Morgan. Should have beat the hell out of uh, Sarah Logan, and then Ruby Riot should be looking scared. That's how it would have ended their segments on Raw. And Natty's standing there with just a crazed, deranged look on her face, makeup running, and she just snapped. That's what I was expecting to have be the go-home payoff. Because they've done it before. It's not like anything's <laughs> Charlotte. Um, it's not like we haven't seen this <laughs> Charlotte twice, but... That's what I wanted from him. I mean, it was okay, but I would have rather seen that. The anvil pick on the table I thought was awesome, especially since we've been talking about Jim, rest in peace, but yet they haven't really shown him as much. And then to see that, the first thing I had was goosebumps and flashbacks, and all I wanted to hear was a laugh. Like, Ruby, if you would have mocked the laugh, that would have been like, oh, man, that would have been even more intense, but. I don't know, maybe maybe we're saving that for TLC. Maybe she'll come out with a little beard thing attached, rubbing her beard or something, and just really get over on Natty. I don't know, but it's just those little things that could be added in there that would really pull at the heartstrings of the old guard of fans. Uh, I know that sounds bad, but, you know, this new generation, we're in a whole other era of of opportunity, but that attitude era of fans that remember... Jim the Anvil, and when he started laughing, and we would see all the Heart
0: Foundation stuff. It was, I don't know. We'll see. But you know what? Ruby Ride is starting to really grow on me. And she's starting to get into that group of ladies that I, I really love to see. But I, a lot of people think that the Ride Squad are going too far. But
1: no, not far enough.
0: Exactly. You got to realize you got to get a psychological advantage up on your opponent. Mm hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're – it's not like they're poking fun, but they're pulling at what they know they can use to get her. And I think you're going to see Natty – I think you're going to see her flip come uh, Well, later on in the day. Uh, I think she's going to beat the hell out of Ruby right. And I, I think it's going to be one of those, we're going to ring the bell. No, I'm still going to kick your ass.
1: I'd maybe like to see a Natty Heel turn
0: again. Well, if you get Dad, you won't, you won't get the feud with the, with the Riot squad.
1: Why can't she join the Riot squad?
0: Because uh, I think Ruby Riot would bury her. That, that's just my opinion, though. I don't know.
1: I, Natalia is a graduate of the Heart Dungeon. When she got the title, finally... Ecstatic. I thought she did a great job all the people that she's put over have gone on to do some great things I want to see her once again get her just do in the right way and it could it could come out of this with the right situation I wouldn't mind seeing Natty Snap injure Ruby and look at Liv and Sarah and tell them, you follow me now.
0: Let's go. And like obedient little puppies, they just go ahead and run on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause, you know, survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. If our big dog just got taken down by this chick that we thought was weak and meek and, and couldn't do anything, and now Ruby's out, we're going to be here by ourselves and end up like, uh, um, uh Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose since we all debuted at the same time or are we going to follow somebody that is coming out of the heart dungeon and has got the, the lineage of one of the greatest wrestling families of all time yeah we're going to follow her because we may have a shot to do something else maybe at the women's tag titles when they ever come if they ever come yeah so eh. we'll, we'll see but You know, moving on, we did have Drew McIntyre come out and cut an okay promo and led into him and Dolph Ziggler feud. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) Bailey beat Alicia Fox, um, which uh, her hair was a little bit more in check this time. (laughs) Under control. (laughs) Yeah. So I was wondering, like, I wonder if KG is sitting there looking at her. Doing her high step and walk down, like, I wonder if that hair is gonna get in the way again.
0: But it really didn't. This time. Not this time. And you know, every time I see Bailey, she comes out and when she does her little thing on the on, on the stage before she walks down the ramp. I say the same thing every week. And it's like when I say it, she wins. I'll sit there and that's like, that's Bailey. She's a hugger. And whenever I <laughs> say that, she wins. So uh, Bailey I gotta needs to go with heel that. too. too. No. If,
1: if Daniel Bryan can make the difference and change, Bailey can do it 100% too.
0: But she's if a hugger. Daniel,
1: exactly. So what if the hugs stop? If DB can do it, then Bailey can do it. Then for his final run, why not? JC can do it. Mm. Hustle, William? loyalty, respect. <sighs> And to just spit on the towel. <laughs> I'm rich now. Huh? Think about that. Think about that. You know what? Spitting the, on the towel. I'm rich now. Everything the way he talked about The Rock.
0: The way John Cena looks. He looks like a JBL. He looks like a younger version of JBL. Mm-hmm. And, Why not? And Give if, the fans what they want. That heel turn from Cena. JBL-esque. You know, I got money. Hey, you know what? You know what? That might be a damn good idea. And you know what? I'm going to throw one more
1: uh, ball into uh, the avalanche that we're creating with this concept. That would be the number one way for Roman Reigns to be over. Because Roman versus a heel Cena, you would have no choice but the route for Roman Reigns because a heel Cena done just at a fifth of what Daniel Bryan is doing would be through the roof because we would take a JBL concept, mix it with Alberto Del Rio, mix it with a Razor Ramon, mix it with the model Rick Martel. You put all that together. And then have that be what John Cena is channeling. And you know what? I'll even throw the Miz in there too. So you would have Cena showing his cars off. You would have Cena showing his rides off. You would have Cena wearing around his neck the engagement ring he gave Nikki. Just because. He's like, oh, this? This engagement ring I gave Nikki kisses it and throws it in the ocean. (laughs) Now, I said ocean, not river. He's at the beach at the time and just throws it in the ocean because why? Because he's rich, you know. All those things. I mean, oh God, people would hate him so much. The kids would be crying, crying. Why, Cena? Why? Why? (laughs) No, Jim Ross will come out stone cold, save Cena, stone cold. I mean, it would be so intense. He would be. Also, we talked about this last week with Hogan, that one character, Heel Cena, that would be so hated that the red and yellow would have to come back to be able to combat the worst character ever in WWE history. And that's a big statement. The worst character ever in WWE history would be Heel Cena if done properly. That could, he could make Roman Reigns hot. He could bring back Hollywood or Hulk Hogan. He could make Triple H face. <laughs> he could make Stephanie Chance happen. I mean, there's so much that could be done from that, man.
0: But you, you don't feel that uh, taking it back a little ways, a uh, heel rock was the worst character ever? No,
1: because the rock was never a heel.
0: The so, rock was
1: hated because... They pushed him as the blue chipper, weird-haired kid. It's
0: like, really? this? Havana. (laughs) But hold on. But wait, but wait. When he went over with the corporation with three WWF championship runs, that was a heel rock because he went from the people's champion to the corporate champion. And it was Mm -hmm. a lot of – before, it was die, Rocky, die, and it turned to die, Rocky, die, to why, Rocky, why? Yeah. But what did you still come to
1: see? You came to see the eyebrow raised. You came to see the people elbow, the rock bottom. You came to see the put downs. It doesn't matter. Know your role, shut your mouth. It didn't matter what side of the street it was on. You came for the rocky
0: experience. But the Key combat, or face, that, it didn't matter. To combat that, you had a face, Stone Cold, who was the fan favorite and who was actually bigger than The Rock. And now when The Rock became the people's champion once again, I think that that elevated him a little bit more. Because, because... he had to. Because Austin got injured. Somebody had
1: to pick up the ball. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, But that was because the, the, the roster was so strong, you could do that. And then you had people to play off of that was equally as strong as in a Triple H as in an Undertaker, as in Edge, as you know, a lot of the other great superstars that were in that era. It was so tight, in reference to people that you could ping pong off of, and it didn't matter what position you put them in. The show was pretty much ninety percent book tight the entire time. The other ten percent, unfortunately back then, was women matches and the cruiserweight hardcore match. Mm-hmm. And and the tag match, <laughs> right. So, uh, other than that, everything else was spot on. So, what did you do with those matches? They are in hour two. <laughs> so, hour one and hour three is hot fire.
0: Well, at that time, hour one was uh, not WWE or WWF Raw. That was WWF War Zone. Yep. So, no
1: Raw is War. Then it went to the War Zone.
0: I thought War Zone was first. No, man. Warzone was second. Well, oh, God dang on it.
1: You got to go back and think about your old times, man. Remember, you had the sirens going off and you're entering the Warzone.
0: You know you know what? I got I, I got to go back and look because I always thought Warzone was first.
1: No, no. It was, it was raw as war, man. <sighs> Jeez.
0: Oh, so, you let know, me leave off at? Oh, yes, yeah, right. L- Leo yeah. Rush and defeated Elias. I still walk with Elias. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. <laughs> um. Now, after Leo Rush defeated Elias, this is where setting up for later on the night TLC. This is what I had a problem with. Same thing I had a problem with last week. Now, this is the should have been. Uh. Well, let me rephrase that. Last week, uh, Ember Moon, Ronda Rousey, Tamina, Nia Jax, main event at Raw, but Raw was so bad in the beginning. Nobody watched it. And that was a pretty damn good match. They put Ember Moon, Ronda Rousey versus Tamina and Nia J- Well, Ember Moon versus Tamina. They had them all, you know, it's like a a powder keg, and you're just waiting for the sparks to fly to start a fire. And you kind of sort of got it, but what pissed me off about this whole segment in a, as a whole is Nia Jax stood in the middle of the ring. She talked down to Ronda Rousey like I expected her to but when Ronda Rousey came out and she said she was looking for a fight and got in the ring Nia Jax took the hell off I have a problem with that
1: I actually like what happened only thing I wish Nia she started off a little slow but where she ended the crescendo was great. I want. I just. I saw some of the old Naya when she came down to the ring. She did the, the, hit the same spots, so the looks, and all that stuff. We're not going to talk about Tamina because we all know my personal issues. Even though we do share the same theme song on WWE 2K19, but she's still wearing a straight jacket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's all I can think about looking at her. It's like, God, man, the straight jacket. I just can't. man. I just can't. If you took off that straight jacket, I swear it'd be a whole different woman. You're like, who the hell is that, man? She is hot. Yeah, that's Tamina. What? Oh, she took off that damn straight jacket, finally. So where Naya, she, she had that transitional moment where she wanted to smile and, and get into it and, and you know, hand to the crowd where she should have started off real hardcore and gritty and then built it. But her leaving out was the smart move because you want to give them something to want to watch. If you give it to them too much, then it doesn't, which the same thing, the same three or four matches back to back over the past four weeks. So if I've seen Nia fight Ronda in a tag match, two out of four weeks, do I really want to go watch the pay-per-view match of it? I just saw it two out of four weeks. It's pretty much going to be the same thing. But with Naya sliding out and letting Tamina take some of the bumps and, and do those type of things, I thought it, it it built just a little bit more separation in reference to it being a one-on-one match, which in reference to how the match is going to go, it's a one-on-two match because we know Tamina going to get involved. And then... Technically, then it become a two on two match because we know Amber Moo's gonna come down. And then it's gonna be a three on two match because if Tamina takes off the straight jacket and throws it at Rhonda, it may knock her out because it looks like it weighs 40 pounds. So <laughs> technically that'd be three on one side against two on the other side. <laughs> but I think the way they did that made sense. Rhonda talking about I come to fight. Nah, it's like, I ain't got time for that right now. I just want you to know that Facebreaker is going to break your face when I get around to it, when I feel like it. However, and the fact that she did the, the fourth wall, for lack of a better term, and talked about how she is six foot, 300 pounds, Samoan woman, which is the first time she said that string on WWE programming, especially talking about her being a Samoan woman was... Sick, and I was like, Yes, I like that. I even had to rewind it to write it down. Now like, you go, Naya. I loved yeah. it. I know KG is like, Awesome! Oh, ah. he's ready to do the hawker right there. Yeah, but, uh... yeah, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Yes, I was. <laughs> and then when you saw that uh video I sent you, I'm quite sure that we're not gonna talk about that because <laughs> if you weren't divorced before, you're <laughs> divorced
0: now. Whew. Just whew. that woman, that woman, that woman. Mm-hmm. But oh, but I, 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 it's just the simple fact that her sliding out of the ring—it's like she's avoiding the confrontation. When I'd rather her just take a chair and beat this, mm, beat the you know what out of Ronda Rousey. Had to catch myself. This is a family show. Um, but well, don't get too deep into it because we still got to make our picks. Right, that is true. So don't 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 go there. But I did God, I'm sorry, we're gonna say no, I I did get saved. Uh and I I I don't know, I was just happy to see. I'm always happy to see Ember Moon, period. But then to see Ember Moon hit the eclipse on Tamina, beautiful. Beautiful. And she wound up getting a pin in that and winning that match.
1: And Tamina sold it well. Yes. And but
0: (laughs) there was a but. You know what I'm gonna say, man. That damn straight jacket.
1: Yes, man. Ah.
0: <laughs> you know what? Maybe maybe tonight, later on tonight we'll get something better from her, but I'll say this. I think she's taking more bumps to get her feet wet cuz she's getting ready to really do something. And with these factions of ladies where you got Ember Moon and Ronda Rousey, which you also have Natalya with her. You have um Who's that with Bailey? Uh, uh Sasha Banks. Sasha. You got Sasha Banks and Bailey. Uh, then you still got Trish and Lita, you know, popping in and here and there, Mickey James. And mm-hmm. that women's tag title is on the horizon and it's closer than we think. Yeah, but and I think, think...
1: Tamita's going to go to SmackDown Ugh. and Naya's going to stay on Raw. Or they're going to split the two. It's inevitable. They're splitting the two because you can't oh. have two giants. I know that sounds bad, but in reference to height over everybody else two giants what? On the same show you got you got it's 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 unbalanced yeah but but Tamina needs that if she's going to have a run she's going to need that she's going to need to be solo and then they come back together on the co-branded pay-per-view
0: it, it's been done before i mean you've had undertaker and big show uh undertaker and kane brothers of destruction
1: it
0: How long did he it last? Done. How long did it last? Well, it's it, uh, brothers. I've never really, truly, ever gotten the brothers of destruction the proper way, ever, and I never will now because Kane, A.K.A. Glenn Jacobs, is in politics doing very well. I might add, and uh, Undertaker's pretty much on a farewell tour, so when you see him again, it's probably going to be. Him kicking somebody's behind and that's it. But when I never truly got the brothers of destruction the proper way. But did you need it? Did they need as, to be
1: like tag champions?
0: I think that'd dom- been overkill. But nobody could beat them. That was the whole point. But then you would have to. That 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 could have opened the door to bringing a free agent team that nobody's looking at. Like okay, for for instance, um. Uh, 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 dad, going. I just had to. I, it was Bill money. What was another one from uh TNA? This is two total different eras, but just I'm just saying. Um, geez, what was the other big tag? Team? Uh, uh, the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah. Now imagine if they would have took them eights. from TNA. Aces and eights. You took them from TNA. And you yeah. brought them over to rest of the Brothers of Destruction, and they beat them. The Dudley Boys came back to beat them. That's the only people that can stand toe-to-toe, even though height-wise, they don't match up. But those are teams that could probably stand down. Uh, The Dudleys will probably beat the Brothers of Destruction because of just the fierceness, and they can stand toe-to-toe with them, but it would be a good match. But I don't think you would have to manufacture a team to beat them. But just the simple fact that they're so dominant, but they can be dominant as Singles and they can be dominant as a team. That's always what I wanted, you know. I feel you. Well, you you know, you gave Kane the Intercontinental Championship at the time the Undertaker had the Undisputed Championship, something like that. With, and then they got the tag title. So they got two belts apiece. Something like that. That's what I always envisioned when I saw Brothers of Destruction.
1: Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. But the downfall is, that's not Naya and Tamina. <laughs> that's a problem. Well, they're just separate or together, not on that same level
0: What well, destruction. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true.
1: And if they stay together as a tag team, Tamina will be Way in the, the, the shadow of Naya. And I don't want her to be in the shadow, especially since we share the same entrance music on WWE 2K19. I would like to see that entrance music be put to good use with yeah. no straitjacket <laughs> on her own show. And not be a chopper for just random people that just come up. You know, don't have Bel Air come and be whipping Tamina all over the place with her hair. It's like, really? Really? And Bianca, you're a good athlete, but Tamina could just
0: crush you. Well, yeah.
1: Like a coconut.
0: <laughs> but, you know, that's,
1: that's a whole nother story right there. But we will get that. Or we'll just have to wait until next year's Survivor Series when she'll be wearing a T-shirt again. Be like, yes, it's a whole new Tamina, and then uh, the night after, it's like, dang it, what just happened? Well, gonna—I should tweet her. Like, "Tumina, what are you gonna take that damn straight jacket off? For real, no, no shade. You really take that straight jacket off? What does it cut? And if it was a straight jacket corset, I got it. But what is the purpose of? The, the long point at the back covering the booty <laughs> and the front. But that's what what, what is the that's the I don't whole understand point. the design. Isn't it supposed to go between the leg and strap? Well
0: that's the whole I, point. I don't get it. Cover the booty. That's what that's what they like to do now. Cover the booty.
1: Really? Well, yeah that's and then the we thing. turn right around and we've got um superstars like Mandy Rose and And Sasha Banks. I mean, you pretty much just showing it all right there for the most part. Not at all, but I mean, in comparison to Tamina. So, like, how's that okay? And then Tamina, she's not a a bad-shaping female at all. Not at all. She just needs to get off the straight jacket. And I'm telling you, she does three things. Take off the straight jacket. Straighten the hair. And I know that's a big one right there. I she's, know that's a big but one. But wait, wait, she's she's wore, she's worn straight hair before. Yeah, but you know, that that's that, that'd be a big one. And then just do different a different color scheme, make some colors in there. And it's a whole nother person. <laughs> she would probably eclipse Naya because Tamina is the, the better wrestler out of the two. Nia, all she's got to do is just hit her strong person spots, and then just you know ride the wave, and she'll be okay. But Tamina is the better wrestler. But you know that's raw, and we could talk about Seth Rollins and and Baron Corbin's TLC match. Well, I mean, which was actually good. You know, it, it, it really the, was. The, the best plot of the whole thing was the Heath Slater being the the the, the corporate ref for lack of a better term, when it comes down to Baron Corbin using Slater to get his dirty work done and well, what he thought was maintain uh, control and become Intercontinental Champion, which didn't happen because Seth Rollins did win. And I was surprised to see that it was a victory of Seth Rollins' own accord and not because of interference from Dean Ambrose uh, or anything. Dean didn't come out to the end, which they never actually met in, in combat. But the Heath Slater thing was really the the better subplot that I enjoyed out of it. Great match. But the Slater thing meant more to me. It was it was something that I was really watching to see when um Heath pushed off Seth Rollins and then he was trying to explain. I had no choice, and Seth hit him with a super kick. You know, those moments it was like, Yeah, you know, that was again great payoff for what you were seeing and the buildup. For Heath Slater and to see what may happen, which I could talk about it, but then I don't want to spoil it for real on what really pretty much is going to be happening very soon with that whole scenario. But we got SmackDown, which was in a whole different area in Sin City.
0: Mm. <laughs> we talked about Daniel Bryan beating uh, Mustafa Ali. That right there hell of a way to start off the show Mm -hmm. because Mustafa Ali, like I said before, Evan Bourne with more control, less injuries and the man can fly. Yep. He hit this move, the Spanish fly and I said, "Dad, I'm scared to show that to my youngest son because I know he's going to try it but I'm not even worried about him trying it (laughs) because the boy can hit a frog splash that will make your heart milk. I can say that. Oh, yeah. But I'm scared to show that to the kids because I, I got a funny feeling my living room is going to be trashed with them trying it.
1: Yeah, well, just explain to them the person in control is not the one doing the flip. It's the one that's grabbing the flipper and causing a rotation. That way it, they won't injure themselves because I mean, you know, I'm watching a couple times, but they, 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 everybody else looks at, oh man, yeah, if I flip over, I could do that. No no, nope. no, no, no. You're not the one in control. The trust is between the guy that is going to be making the the second rotation to complete the Spanish fly. As long as that is done safely, then
0: everybody will be okay. And I will say this I know he listens to the show. Uncle Don said it, Zabi. Listen to Uncle Don. Yeah, while your daddy is asleep. <laughs> Let's see, you trying to get him
1: killed. You climb up onto the dresser. Oh lord. You look around, and all you gotta do is just yell out five-star frog splash and you hit it. And then we're good to go. He won't get mad at you. As long as you bounce off and then clutch your stomach and act like you were hurt, you would have sold it
0: properly. Can't nobody Uh, be mad at that. That's why my wife We kept old sofa cushions just for that, and that's oh, why good. she 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 got rid of them while we were out of the house. That's exactly why.
1: You sure she keep that because y'all divorced?
0: <sighs> she didn't.
1: <laughs> did she hear that? No. She didn't hear that
0: part, did she? No. Okay, good, because that was hilarious. Go
1: back. Uh, what was that last? Uh, that was last, last week.
0: More? Yeah. I've <laughs> I've blocked yeah. her from from hearing that one all together.
1: <laughs> Ended your whole marriage right there.
0: Uh, The the Miz and Shane McMahon Defeated the Vegas boys What you call that? Filler match
1: Yeah But I would also call that The stepping stone As well Because you saw Again like I said It's all about the payoff And Smackdown had great payoffs You had that Which could have been just "Eh, whatever Shane won Which I'm not going to lie to you For a moment I'm like Did one of those guys hit Shane for real? Or a little too hard? Because Shane got red real quick and he started laying some hands and some kicks that did not look like he was doing choreographed moves. Don't mean to say it that way, but in retrospect, if you go back and look at it, it looked like Shane was like, I'm about to knock this little fool out because he just hit me the wrong way. Um, But from that, you had to transition from there to the backstage segment with those two guys, the Vegas boys coming, talking to... My girl Paige, about here's our invoice. You had Paige talking to the ref, saying, "What the hell were you doing?" I said, "Well, Ms. said that you sanctioned it." So then you had another layer, and then the payoff of that was the Miz, almost like, "You complete me," that type of thing. <laughs> and Shane and putting out his hand, and Shane looking like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" and leaving. And you know, Miz almost wanting to cry, but then you saw the hand and the fist being made and it's like well is that the new feud between Miz and Shane McMahon or are we going to have a little bit more entertaining of the Miz doing what I called the watered down Billy and Chuck with Shane McMahon you know I want us to be together because I mean all the elements were there talking about the 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 best in the world trophy as our baby and, and all these things and it's working perfectly. So as long as the overall big picture pop is going to be worth it, that big super payoff, man, I'm telling you, it's amazing. I loved it. Loved it. So that match, to me, was a good build for what we got at the end. I was happy with it. If that's what they left it, then yeah, I'd be like, okay, that's really pointless, and Shane shouldn't have been beating the hell out of them boys like that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since one of them, the shorter one, and I apologize. I know you're going to take offense, but it looked like a male version of Ember Moon. It's
0: like, <laughs> like, what the heck? Now, is,
1: that, is that your brother?
0: Now I'm going to go back and, and check that out. You got to um, look
1: at him, dude. When he got into the ring, I'm like, oh, man. All I had to do was just get a close up and see him wearing some contacts. And I'm like, Ember's got a brother. Twins. Who would have thought it? Oh, man. <laughs>
0: And then Randy. you had uh, Rand, uh, Randy, I don't know why I'm Yeah, we are about Randy. to
1: say the same thing. Randy Orton's promo.
0: Yeah. Setting up the chairs match with uh, Rey Mysterio. Ray. Um, Rusev and Jeff Hardy defeated uh, Shinsuke and Samo- Samoa Joe. Uh, that was a good match. I'll say that.
1: It was, but that's not the story. Lana is the best. Lana looks, looks, was looking hot.
0: I mean, she wakes up in the morning and looks hot. I mean, I'm just not even going to lie about that. Gee me She
1: is the most Russian, un-Russian. <laughs> like, really? Is she still ravishing Russian? Are we, are we still doing that right now? Because I could have sworn she was a little bit more country <laughs> on
0: Total Divas. Kind of confused. You... You wanna know something funny? I was thinking about her earlier this week and I said, dang. I said I'd be very inappropriate with her. It, if I ever met her, I would tell her straight up, your legs go up and make an ass out of themselves, don't they? And then Stacy Keebler comes
1: and smacks you. Like, really? Really? Well. Is this the benchmark here, sir?
0: <laughs> well, Lana <laughs> looks good in heels. I mean, geez, Stacey, yeah. Stay, stay, oh my goodness. All right. See?
1: Going back and watching stuff. You also need to go back and look and see and those shoes, how small Lana's feet are. I was like, God, you got some like little it look like little Barbie shoes. You know how you <laughs> slide the foot into the Barbie shoe and it comes off the back and stuff? That's what it looked like. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, these were so nice looking shoes, but all I saw was a Barbie foot. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what is wrong with me right now? I do there's nothing about that thought process. That was smart, Mark. It was like Something's wrong here. Houston, we <laughs> have a problem.
0: Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, last match on SmackDown was uh Oscar and Charlotte Flair. I now I was geeked up from uh watching Raw. I watched Raw and SmackDown the same day. I can't stand waiting, so I like to record and watch in the same day. Um I was geeked up for this match. You it mean a Kendo up. match? Yeah, that's what it turned into. And Oscar went crazy. You had oh, Becky God, Lynch yes. at, at ringside. Oh, my goodness. That was now, that's how you end a show. Mm-hmm. Charlotte got disqualified because she pulled the kendo stick out and tore Oscar up with it. Then here comes Becky Lynch. The next thing you know, Oscar gets up, gets the kendo stick. She's taking it to Becky and she's taking it to Charlotte. I'm like, man, this triple threat match is going to be off the chain.
1: And you got to give it to Charlotte on how well she played up the, I guess you could call it temper tantrum that she had with, after the Kendo hit. Because at first you're like, well, why is she pausing? Why is she draping herself across the announce table but when she dropped down and sat there? It's like, okay, you could kind of, at least from my perspective, you would think, was she contemplating what she had done as the one that's in the truck this week? Yeah, Nate is the one doing it because so anybody hit us for a long time, so now it's we start talking about Charlotte. And then,
0: i sorry, speaking of Nate, he's been cleared to take bumps again. Oh,
1: Ric Flair can out wrestle everybody on that roster.
0: Still, let
1: me just say that again Ric Flair can out wrestle everybody on the roster. Period and still tell a great story without fail, hands down, hands down. I agree wholeheartedly, and if you don't believe me, read his book. you will see what he went through to be able to have that level of cardio and and resilience and and a man I mean you know he's just nature, national treasure, indeed indeed. Oldest ride, longest
0: line. <laughs> Space Mountain, baby. <laughs> but now. I was
1: talking about oh, how uh, Charlotte had played up the, I just had a mental breakdown moment when she sat down after nailing Oscar with the kendo. And I was really excited to see that pause right there. Because it allowed the, the crowd to get roped in to not expect Becky to get hit with the kendo. And then Becky to take the kendo and hit Charlotte, and then to hit Oscar. Then Oscar to get the kendo and hit both. It, it built, like you said, over top and layered itself so many ways that it was just a great spot to end to sell tickets or network subscriptions to see what was going to happen on TLC on Sunday. So I was I was happy, and I'm giving Charlotte great props for being able to really show that vulnerability but at the same time not you know it was it was just an interesting thing to, to see because first glance you're like what, what's wrong with her then when you watch it back and you see it again you're like ah I get it and I thought that was really smart
0: well before we get out of here you know what we gotta do I gotta set you up to take this ale sir what you talking so- about Willis You're not talking about the picks, are you?
1: Of course. I got to set you up to take this L. Oh, man. I thought you thought you you thought. I mean, it's Sunday. So I thought you was thinking about that foosball again.
0: No. Uh, I know
1: you're talking about the TLC stuff.
0: Yes, I'm talking about tables, ladders, and chairs.
1: Oh, my. Oh, yeah. So that's the L you were talking about, the ladder part. You set me up to take the ladder. I (laughs) got (laughs) you.
0: You won't get this brass ring this time, sir. All right.
1: Well, we'll see because I'm going to start the pick off. With your boo. Naya versus
0: Rhonda. Mm. My mind's telling me no. I wanna go with Naya and I Don't I, you say it. You better stay on that Naya bandwagon. I got that's a, I, I that's an easy win for me, sir. No, because I'm telling you, Rhonda's not gonna beat her. Naya's gonna take her title back. So give me Are Naya and serious? One. Naya Jax will take her title back tonight.
1: Cannot Some, believe you said
0: that. Somebody has to beat Ronda Rousey. Who better to do it than Nia Jax Let's go. Wow.
1: Okay. I think Ronda's going to make a phone call, and Shayna Baszler is going to show up. That's just me. Even the,
0: it could even the sides. hmm That would be unexpected.
1: Last pay-per-view of the year. Why not have a little bit of insurgence of NXT? Shane's not coming up on the roster. She just showed up. You know, why not? That's her her wheelhouse. Uh, Speaking of TLC, Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin.
0: Who are you going with? I'm going to take Baron in that one. I don't think Braun's even going to show up. I heard he just had surgery maybe about two weeks ago. Do you think that may be a work? I think so. I think it's going to be something somehow. If if he does show up, like you said earlier, finger poker doom.
1: I don't know, man. I think he's going to come back to be able to beat Baron. I mean, it's a TLC match. You don't have to do – I know it's going to sound bad. But as much work when you can swing a chair or a kendo or a ladder or, or something, you know, to that effect to bridge the gap in the match and build, you know, some good segments. But we'll see. I mean, I, I'm going with Braun Strowman, just like I'm going with Ronda Rousey.
0: Okay. I don't know. We'll, we'll that's, see. That's two we got to go because I got I'm taking Baron Corbin. All right.
1: Daniel. Oh, sorry. Let me change that. And make this notation now because I don't want to get beat down and be called fickle. Daniel Bryan, who's going to make everybody get environmentally friendly light bulbs and recycle and compost and probably drive uh, a hybrid car and squeeze 15 people in there to carpool like it's a clown car. Mm-hmm. Versus the phenomenal one, AJ Styles.
0: Uh... And this is a tough one. Yeah, it is. Give me DB in this one. Mm. He retains.
1: Uh, I have to join you on that one. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a way, but uh, I could see a Samoa Joe interference. I could see a Shinsuke interference. But I also could see Daniel Bryan just winning clean. It'd be a great match it pretty much could be match of the night if the women weren't involved at the end. <laughs> and Whoa, by women, we're talking about Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka. That's true. Match of the night. So that would be a, a close second. Speaking of another interesting brawl, Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for the IC.
0: Give me Dean. Really? Yeah. Renee Young said something uh, Monday night and they were talking about uh, Dean versus Seth <laughs> and uh, Corey Graves was giving her a hard time about it and she was like, well, Baron Corbin doesn't sign my 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 uh, paycheck. He may be the Raw General Manager, but he doesn't sign my paycheck and Dean Ambrose winning the Intercontinental Championship is more money in my household. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, Dean and Renee married Mm-hmm. You know what I
1: smell when I heard that? I smell a setup for some interference from Renee Young. Maybe Renee not is. tomorrow, but that is a strong setup for Renee to just be sick or something. And then something's happening, and you got somebody with a hood come down and slide something to Dean Ambrose in the match. Bam! He uses it, and then it turns out it's Renee. And you're like, wait, a minute, I thought she was sick. She called out sick and she slotted stuff to Dean Amber. It's good for the household. So I was happy to hear Renee say that and actually go in that direction opposed to just being the commentator and being neutral. I thought that was very smart to play that up because normally they, they, they haven't really been addressing it as much because the common sense thing would be, uh, Renee, your husband has to talk to you about this. Really? You know nothing? So for her to have that type of response, I thought was really cool. But I'm going to have to go with Seth Rollins for storyline purposes. I don't think unless Dean cheats in some weird way, like handcuffs or something like that, or the rest of his security detail shows up or something. It's got to be more to the story. It's got to be something else to really drive and continue to fuel Dean Ambrose. If he won the belt, then where does he go from there? You know, mm-hmm. correction. If he, if he wins the belt from Seth, where does he go from there? Because there's no Roman Reigns to take the next rung of the shield down. But that's just me. We'll see. So we've only got one we're in agreement with. So there's three opportunities now for me to beat you just to let you know if you're keeping track, sir. Um another one that will probably be
0: split on.
1: But no, actually no, we I think we may agree. Natalia versus Ruby.
0: Give me Natty in that one. Yep.
1: Yeah. I figured it'd be a no brainer. We'd agree. They're just gonna end that with the good old um glad hand, you know, make everybody happy moment. Wouldn't want it to be that way. I'd like to see Natty go through the table, but who knows? Speaking of tables. This is pretty much going to be one of those filler matches unless the demon comes out, which I doubt. Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre.
0: Mm. Give me Finn in this one. That That's, that's no-brainer for me. And if, I think you will get the demon. It's the last show of 2018. Give me the demon.
1: I'm going Finn as well, unfortunately. Only reason why is because I believe that there may be some interference to cause Drew McIntyre to match via a super kick from a known show off mm. I can see that happening and then Finn wins and then he gets a super kick and that would put a show off on top which would hopefully cause him to change his boots which would somehow magically turn him into a whole nother person kind of like if Tamina would
0: take off that straight jacket <laughs> always comes back <laughs> to that street jacket.
1: Can't help it, man. It's it's like a diamond cutter. There's so many different variations. Um, hello, we're going to talk about your man Elias versus the Lashley in a ladder match to grab a guitar to hopefully not beat a little kid.
0: Who you got on that one? Hmm. Well, I done said it three, four weeks in a row. Oh, with Elias. Give me Elias in that one. I'm going with Bobby Lashley.
1: Because I think Bobby is going to grab Leo and throw his behind up top to get the tag on guitar. Oh, my God. That'd be just so messed up. Just lawn darting him into the guitar just so that way he can win and use it on Elias.
0: Well, yeah, stranger things have happened. But I, I can see that happening.
1: So now we're going to go over to uh, a little bit of cruiserweight action. A rematch from Saudi Arabia. Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. I am going with Cedric. I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm, I'm going with Buddy. Really? Yep. Okay. I think it's going to be a great match, but I think, uh, I don't know, Buddy is not as much of a draw as Cedric is. Cedric still is a a better performer, and if you don't, those that are listening, don't believe me, go back and watch when he was in uh, the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament and watch the ending of that uh, when he was eliminated and how the crowd beg Triple H to give him a contract. He had he had the only guaranteed contract before the tournament was done. The Classic was done. That's intense. So there's a lot in the tank for Cedric Alexander. So uh, I think uh, he'd be a better play to set up a better heel to come for that championship, Enzo Amore. <clears throat> Just saying. Stranger things have happened. Ultimate Warrior coming back and going into the Hall of Fame. So, you know, as long as Enzo's legal woes are gone, you never know. It's true. And now, the main event of the evening, or what better be the main event of the evening, what will be match of the night. New Day. No, I'm just joking. It's not good. <laughs> we got one more from that. But I just wanted to build it up. You're like, wait a minute, New Day. I thought you was going to talk about the women. No, uh, New Day versus the Bar versus the Usos.
0: I'm taking the Usos in that one. No, 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 brain there. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. If the Usos don't win that, I mean, they're just so hot. It'd be no reason to keep the title from them. As much as so I like the New Day, they've done their thing. They don't need the belt again. They're just over. They need to lose, to for Big E to turn heel,
0: to do his thing, and then a new day become just a tag team. I can see it happening. I've been I've been waiting for uh, Big E to go solo. Anyway, I mean not as a heel, but I've been waiting for him to go solo, more along the lines of just turning him back into that monster again. Yeah, and then why not be managed by AJ Lee again? You know, which,
1: if AJ comes back, uh, CM Punk might come back. Yeah, and AJ's got some books to sell. So she just wrote, you know, her first book. So why not do that? But, you know, stranger things have happened. WrestleMania is upon us. So we will see. And now. The number one match of the night. Charlotte. V. Asuka. V. The man. The Baxter. The Irish ass kicker. Becky Lynch. Oh, And if you say anything but Becky, this is the only one that you can agree with me on
0: and I'll be cool with. I can't. What? I think I, I think this is Oscar's time, but I think Charlotte's going to oh do my it. My God! In the words of Shinsuke Nakamura, "Come on!
1: Are you serious? Yep. You give are sh- really not picking Becky Lynch to come out on top on this one.
0: Give me Charlotte. I'm gonna give you a chance to reconsider. No, no chance needed. Give me Charlotte. Wow. Give me Charlotte.
1: Wow. There is no chance in hell. Are we talking, you know, you hear the riff, no chance. That's what she got. Mm-hmm. No chance. Becky's got to come out with that, man. She She, that, just because it's triple threat rules, so you still could salvage the one-on-one. Charlotte in my opinion, does not need to go to WrestleMania with the title knowing that she's facing Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey needs to keep the belt to keep her clout to face Charlotte because Charlotte's got a legacy. Ronda needs the championship. So we have to remove Charlotte from the championship, I mean from the hunt and SmackDown to focus on Ronda. That's why I'm going with Becky. Oscar's just there.
0: I can't see it happening.
1: Oh man, I just gave you the scenario. You're still picking it. And ladies I, and I,
0: gentlemen. You heard it here first. He crazy. Uh, well, I gotta be crazy. I'm gonna be right too because I'm 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 going with it the way it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Oh you man. know what? If
1: Charlotte wins that match. Next week, anytime you say it during the podcast, I will just say, KG is the best. (laughs) KG number one. (laughs) That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay. But if that happens, I don't even care about this. That one match right there is going to be the deciding factor. I am telling you now, I will riot. I'll just call me Ruby. I will riot.
0: If okay. uh Charlotte wins. All right. Well, let's get on up out of here. Uh Sideline Junkies wrestling podcast brought to you right right here on Anchor FM is sponsored by the infatuation. You heard BJ at the top of the show about the infatuation app. Uh, check it out. Really good. I've used it a couple times. Pretty good way to find some good food in a couple of cities that, you know, especially if you don't know your way around. Uh, of course, Sideline junk should be heard right here on Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, CastBox, Google Play Music, and Google Play Podcast. iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Podchaser, and Podbean. You want to get a hold of us? Email is sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com or you can hit us on social media sidelinejunkies on IG and on Twitter on Facebook Sideline junkies colon podcast. Don't forget to check out myself and the rest of the fellas tomorrow morning. Uh, hopefully I can keep this hot streak going. But uh We'll be right back at it with NFL Week 15 picks. So, my hot streak has started on Thursday. I'm going to take down the Don this week at TLC. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy. So, uh, (laughs) crazy. (laughs) Sorry. He needs a little something to drink there. I mean, what's going on? I was
1: drinking. I was drinking something when you said that. I was like, oh, man, he must be talking crazy.
0: Yeah, he's drinking the Kool-Aid, thinking that Becky's gonna win. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I don't have to say anything. there's yeah. nothing to say. Ex- exactly, because you know I'm right. No, sir. All, All right. right. So, <laughs> oh, we 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 might have to do a check-in show like Monday. Afternoon or something So I could just be, just Five minutes of me going I told you I told you I told no, you I told no,
1: you No Delete <laughs> Delete 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 Oh my Alright Let's Meanwhile, jump on You'll see me uh, Tweeting Becky Don't you lose this match I don't, <laughs> I don't care Who the hell Told you What the ending Is going to be You don't listen You do your own thing And do a quick roll up And tell them to count We'll call it the the TLC screw job. You're going to win this match, god dang it. Do not well, let me have to say that all Saturday night long. Ride in
0: the streets. I'll never live it down. I'm good with that. <laughs> all right. So, to the dawn, once again, thank you. Uh, thank every you, week, sir. It, it, it gets better and better. So, I do say thank you. Um, can't wait to kind of shine on you a little bit after tomorrow night, well, after tonight. So, but uh, for myself and KG, Sideline Junkies, we out of here. Peace.